You're listening to Urban Village Church, live streamed on the 15th of March, 2020. Today our scripture will be coming from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. You can follow along the words behind me on the screen. May God bless the listening of this word. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, the disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in sight, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add a blessing to the hearing and living out of this word. Good morning, Urban Village Church. My name is Emily McGinley. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I have the great joy of serving in ministry as the the executive pastor um, at Urban Village Church, but in ministry alongside many of the folks that you have certainly seen up front this morning, um, but also many people who never are in front of the cameras, never um, seen uh, by... By, uh, by, by many eyes, but who help us do what we do and be who we are, whether it is uh, through stepping in to try to figure out how to do live streaming across various platforms or put together slides um, or uh, create engaging um, hospitable spaces in our online feeds. Um, I'm just so grateful to be able to know that I've got great partners in ministry. And one of those people, some of you might be wondering, uh, where our teaching pastor, Hannah Carden, is. Um, she was all set and ready to preach for this morning um, and then realized, uh, learned last night, that her daughter had was running a fever. And so um, she made the really hard choice uh, to... Uh to stay home um, and care for her daughter and, and help us, you know, figure out how do we do what we do um, this morning. Uh, I did suggest to her that she bring the kids in the car, put on uh, a movie, and then just run in to preach and then leave. But uh, apparently some people think that's not a good idea. So here I am, but I'm so gra- glad to be able to worship with you this morning. Um, let's come together in a word of prayer. God, we are grateful for the gift that it is to come together as, um, as the cloud of witnesses in the cloud, um, in the various um, spaces that we find ourselves. And I ask God that um, as we uh, settle into um, this time of self-quarantining and um, isolation, that you would help us um, to do so um, with thoughtfulness and, and with uh, perhaps seeing it as an opportunity um, for Sabbath in a world that somehow um, so often um, does not honor Sabbath. And so um, as we... Uh, 
look to your word today. We ask, God, that you would um, be present um, in the spaces of our hearts and our minds to clear away the clutter of those things um, and those anxieties that crowd out um, our internal spaces so that we can um, hear what it is that you have to say to us today. Speak through me, because of me, and in spite of me, that we all might be um, strengthened and encouraged as we um, leave into our lives um, throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yesterday, uh, I was reading an article about this guy, Matt Colvin, um, who is trying to figure out what to do with 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer, along with thousands of packs of antibacterial wipes and other items that people are desperately seeking across the country. A seasoned Amazon seller, uh, Matt knew a money-making opportunity when he saw it. And so on March 1st, uh, the date that the first U.S. case of COVID-19 was reported, he and his brother headed out on a 1,300-mile road trip across Tennessee and parts of Kentucky to wipe out the stocks of every Dollar Tree, Walmart, Staples, Home Depot, and little hole-in-the-wall backwoods stores they could find. They started selling these items at a huge profit online and enjoyed a phenomenal return on investment. That is, until Amazon pulled his and thousands of other listings for sanitizer, wipes, and face masks, uh, face masks from their digital sell, uh, shelves because they were being oversold or sold at um, exorbitant prices. eBay uh, soon followed close behind, and now Matt's garage is full of hand sanitizer. And he is wondering what to do with it. Now, I'm sure you have some ideas about where he could stick that hand sanitizer. And because you're sanctified, I know you're thinking of medical centers, homeless shelters, and the homes of those with compromised immune systems. Now, it is tempting, and I would say not entirely off-base, to condemn this kind of self-centered opportunistic behavior. After all, we've got plenty of folks in our own communities at UVC who are, for a variety of reasons, um, fall into the category of vulnerable population, and they are afraid. They're afraid of being late and left behind um, in the crowds uh, to grocery stores, taking the chance, um, even as they are, to go out and stock up on some necessities, only to find all the bread, rice, beans, eggs, frozen vegetables, sanitizer, and yes, toilet paper, uh, completely out of stock, uh, except for dude wipes. Am I right, Juan Pablo? Yeah. I don't even know what dude wipes are. Also, I don't really want to know. So, uh, But for some people, like Matt, I mean, he's just you know, a squirrel trying to get a nut, right? Um, and so, uh, but now, he said, uh, it's been a huge amount of whiplash um, from being in a situation, he says, where I've got, uh, what I've got coming and going could potentially put my family in a really good place financially to what the heck am I going to do with all this stuff, right? And in a weird way, uh, I think both perspectives are understandable, uh, even if we might not agree with them. And what we see here, actually, is a perfect illustration of what Jesus is trying to explain to folks in our passage for today. You might be somewhat familiar with it. It's the start of what most people call the Sermon on the Mount, which begins with a series of statements that seem totally upside down. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit and those who mourn. Blessed are the meek and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, uh, the pure in heart, and those that make peace. Blessed are those who endure abuse and are rejected. And for those of us who maybe identify with these blessed people, it may not feel like much of a blessing. And I'm channeling my inner Inigo Montoya like, yo, Jesus, you keep using this word. Uh, I don't think it means what you think it means. 
But of course, Jesus knows exactly what it means and exactly what he's saying. He's not just clickbaiting you into sticking around. The author of Matthew is the one doing that, actually. Uh, What he's trying to do, what Jesus is trying to do, is paint a picture of who God's message really is for. Who belongs, who gets invited, who gets taken seriously. These are all boundaries and borders that Jesus redrew and redefined throughout his ministry. And now a remix of uh, the Beatitudes today might read something like this, and you may have heard this um, last fall in worship when we preached on this um, passage. Blessed are the queer, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the immigrants, for all borders shall disappear. Blessed are the indebted, for there will be more than enough. Blessed are the seasonally depressed, for the sun will shine on your sorrow. Blessed are the disabled, for yours is creative waymaking that is a work of art. Blessed are the children, for all classrooms will be equitable and fully supported launch pads of purpose and imagination. Blessed even are those desperately seeking hand sanitizer and masks, for Amazon, of all things, will crack down on bad faith merchants. Blessed are the people whose lives and circumstances are really complicated and challenging and inconvenient and overwhelming, because it is such as these who Jesus centers in his ministry. And yet, even if we do experience any one or more of these circumstances, how great really does it feel to be in that position? Words of these like, me, might, like these might be a comfort to us, but even when we're comforted, I guess that most of us would much rather not be there. I'd rather not be blessed if I could be hashtag blessed, right? I would much rather be free of all of this, to live a painless, totally healed, completely undisturbed existence, to ascend and keep ascending like a neoliberal economist's dream. But of course, if we want to follow in the way of Jesus, ours has to be a different kind of world order, a different set of lenses, a different way of being. And that means we pay attention, close attention, to the people and circumstances and lenses we've been carefully taught to not pay attention to. To consider those experiences that may not be our own, to center the people who Jesus calls blessed. Yesterday, someone I know shared about how the deepening anxiety they've been feeling over the last week as measures regarding COVID-19 were becoming increasingly serious. The empty grocery store shelves, the frantic energy of shoppers, the low-key panic everywhere. She couldn't figure out what was behind it because it was coming from a place so deep within, and then it hit her. What she realized she was experiencing was a kind of intergenerational trauma. Her family had fled war and famine. Her parents had scrapped enough to just barely survive. She heard those stories over and over again. She saw the ways that those behaviors played out in her home life. The panic and fear that she felt was deeply embedded in her DNA. And yet, even as she grappled with this, she was heading out, going from store to store to gather as much food as she could, not for her, but for the international students at her school where she taught. Students who were also anxious, not only for all the same reasons that you and I might be feeling anxious, but also because they were in a foreign country in the midst of a pandemic. Because they didn't know all the hacks and back roads to get what they needed. They didn't have cars and would not only have to risk taking public transportation, but then also somehow manage public transportation with two weeks worth of groceries. Even in spite of her own anxieties, she stepped out to serve and support someone else. 
Yesterday, I spoke with an elder community member um, here at Urban Village, and she was uh, going to try and spend the day grocery shopping to stock up on essentials, but was also wondering and worrying whether there would be anything left for her. She was concerned about how she would be able to connect with others in any kind of meaningful way because her eyesight is not so good. And so the small group that she had just started joining was one that she could no longer participate in because it was moving online. A couple of days ago, I reached out to partner organizations, and I learned that the Night Ministry and the Chicago Bridge Project are trying to figure out how do we serve and care for those who are experiencing homelessness in a time when volunteers are being instructed to limit their physical interactions. What is our response to all of this? Now, just after our passage for today in verses 13 and 14, you'll see that Jesus tells the people, you are the salt of the earth bringing out flavors and preserving what is good. You are the light of the world, helping folks to find their way as they navigate new realities. In other words, you are the ones who can bend the will of the world toward God's vision of wholeness of life for all. Whatever your circumstances, wherever you are, you are the ones who can show up for people and show people that the way things are is not the way things have to be. Now, I could talk about how a national emergency wasn't declared on this virus until after countless companies, institutions, and organizations decided on their own to take significant measures, even at great cost and disruption. And I could talk about how our governor is trying to soften the financial blow to those who are being hardest hit by the loss of wages that the shutdowns will lead to. I could talk about that, but I'd like to bring it a little closer to home because even today, in this moment, and throughout the rest of the weeks, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to be salt and light. You can check on your neighbors and others who you know are more vulnerable. You can make yourself available, whether it's to deliver food or goods to the front steps of people who can't risk going out, or being a friendly conversation partner like Emma Trevor from our Wicker Park site, who posted a link so that folks could schedule a FaceTime with her. You could create spaces for connection, like Janelle Bjorkland from our Edgewater site, who's initiating a post-worship online fellowship hour after our service closes out. Or you can head to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash community for updates on ways to cut through social isolation by connecting to small groups, intentional relationships, and prayer. Where you can ask for help and offer help for those who are part of our church community, as well as our neighbors throughout the city. There are so many possibilities for acting and living in ways that reflect God's intentions for this world for one another. Any of us can center the folks that Jesus called blessed, no matter the circumstance or the times. Now, by the end of the article, Matt Colvin has resigned himself to the fact that he is not going to manage selling all of the things that he has stockpiled. And so he's decided to explore options for donation. As it turns out, any of us can be salt and light, no matter our history, no matter our present circumstances, whether it is through online chats, volunteering, or even 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for the gift to gather together across space and time. But even more than that, we are grateful that your promises and your call for us to be salt and light in the world, to be agents of your grace and possibility, cannot be stopped by any pandemic or any virus or any other circumstance. 
because there are always ways that we can be your hands and feet, always ways that we can be your heart and your presence in this world. And so we ask God in this strange time that you might help us to get creative and to never stop seeking ways to connect not only with one another, but to serve those who you have called us to bless. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.